So we're in a series called Praying God's Will, where we are looking at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. And um, so far, I, I mentioned this before, but we're seeing a ton of fruit from this. From just giving thought to the concept of praying God's will. You guys, it is so easy when we pray to immediately jump into our needs or our wants or even our passions, which a lot of times is people. You know, it's it's friends, it's neighbors, it's someone who's, you know, hurting, it's, you know, it's the lost. They're all great. But what we're going over in this series is the importance of coming before the Lord and honoring Him first. Of declaring that what we want, first and foremost, is God's will to be done in our lives. So we have covered our Father. And then who art in heaven. Then hallowed be your name. Last week I preached on your kingdom come. And today I'm talking about your will be done. So if we can pull up Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Um... If you're comfortable reading out loud, read out loud. Uh, if you're not comfortable reading out loud, I'm going to be super loud, so I'm going to drown out, you know, so whatever. But uh, but in, in this, Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father. Friends, we're in this together. He didn't teach us to pray, My Father. There, there's, there's unity. There's team. There's partnership in what God's called us to. So if you feel comfortable doing so, um, let's read this out loud together. Pray then... In this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If we can leave that verse up. Um, for yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power and the glory. The glory. That word is the word doxa. It's where we get doxology. Anyone know what doxa means? Opinion. Opinion. It means opinion, judgment, and view. Friends, God has an opinion about everything. And we want to know His opinion. We want to know what God thinks. We want His opinion to be shared. We seek His opinion. When we go through this today, talking about about wanting the Lord's will, Keep in mind, we want His opinion. He's got an opinion about you. He's got an opinion about me. He's got an opinion about His kingdom and His name. He's got an opinion. Jesus has an opinion about the Father. He has an opinion. You guys, God has an opinion about your life and He has an opinion about what you are going through right now. cool thing about opinions it's a neat way to honor somebody it's a powerful way to honor someone did you know we honor somebody when we ask their opinion hey brother I got a question Um, just can I get your can I get your opinion it's honoring 
It's honoring. But far too often, we don't ask God His opinion. And then if we, if we do, by some miracle, ask Him His opinion, we don't stop and listen. Jesus, in, in teaching us the Lord's Prayer, you guys, it's not the Lord's Prayer because Jesus prays this way. It's the Lord's Prayer because Jesus tells us to pray this way. And it's the perfect prayer. And in it, Jesus is saying, desire that God's will be done. You guys, there is an inseparable connection between the will of God and the glory of God. We sing songs about wanting the glory of God to come down, to fill this place, to fill our hearts. Guys, there's a connection between His will and His glory. In our prayers, we, we pray a lot of things. And a lot of times those prayers don't get answered. And, and sometimes when that happens, we, we have emotions that we feel, and, and negative ones a lot of times, and we direct them towards God. God, you didn't hear me. God, you didn't answer me. God, you didn't answer my prayer. You guys, God has no obligation to answer our prayers that are outside of His will. He has no obligation. How important is it that we know His will? How important is it that we pray His will? He has no obligation to answer the prayers that we pray that are outside of His will. And we've all prayed some funky prayers before. And thank God He hasn't answered some of those prayers. The things that didn't line up with His will. You guys, we need to know what His will is. Matthew 6.10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus showing us the best way to pray. The best way to pray is starting with an acknowledgement of God. Think about this for a second. If we've got some pretty weighty things that are going to make their way into the prayer. Sometimes those things are huge, right? Sometimes those things are huge. We face some obstacles and some challenges and some hardships that are big. Right? If in our prayer at some point we're going to get to those big things, how much more important is it that we first acknowledge our even bigger God? How much more important is it that we start off acknowledging God? God, you are awesome. God, you are loving. God, you are bigger than all things. God, you are good. God, you are holy. God, I honor your name. God, I want your will. God, I trust your will. God, I trust you. We could go on and on and on. When we, when we start our prayers by acknowledging who God is, His name is who He is. Hallowed be your name. It's not just, it's not just a name. I mean, you know, Marie, it's a wonderful name. Wonderful name. But that, we're talking about something bigger than just a, you know, a surname or what she's referred to or what God's referred to. We're talking about who who God is when we talk about God's name. His character. How good He is. 
Last week in talking about what it means to pray, God's kingdom come. I gave this definition. I quoted R.T. Kendall. um, And this is his definition for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God in heaven is the rule and the reign of the ungrieved spirit in believers. When Jesus is saying, pray, thy kingdom come, See what I did? I put a little, little English, old, you know, old King James English in there. Thy. How often do you hear that? Yeah, there we go. Thy kingdom come, Lord, your kingdom come. What we're doing is saying, God, I want, I want your reign and, and your, your will, your rule to be in my life. I, I want you to change my life. I want you to empower my life. And then I want you to use my life to bring about your kingdom, your reign, your rule in the life of others. To pray your kingdom come, your will be done, is to be elevated above our personal needs just for a moment. Guys, how many of us, even even when we're praying, and praise God we're praying when when difficulties come. But man, how good does it sound just to be elevated above them for just a moment? To be elevated elevated uh, above cancer for just a moment. To be elevated above financial hardship and just to be lifted above it. And to be in that place of the presence of God acknowledging that He is bigger than those things that, that are big. But our God is bigger. To truly pray your kingdom come, your will be done, is the most incredible, self-serving, God-serving, win-win prayer we could ever pray. It's nothing religious about it, guys. There's nothing dogmatic about it. To pray your kingdom come, your will be done, is amazing. Because what we're doing is saying, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come in and, and to bless me, to make me happy, to, to, to remind me of, of your goodness and your power and your grace and to put things in perspective. It's not something heavy, guys. We don't have to do it sound, with a Scottish accent. We don't have to sound like Sean Connery when we do it. We can do it just like this. Lord, I want your kingdom to come and I want your will to be done. You can do it just like that. Or you can do it in a southern accent. Or like a, a California, like surfer. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Just come to Him and, and acknowledge that we want His will above what, what our will is. You guys, do we believe? Do we truly believe that what God wants for us is always what is best for us? Do we trust God that His will and the uncertainties of what that might be in some aspects is always what is best for us? Sometimes that's hard, guys. Sometimes that's hard to do. You know, a couple years ago, I, I faced some difficulty and I had to press 
through. And I had to talk about reaching out to people, getting opinion and counsel and input and advice and prayer. That, that was my life constantly. But I was in the business world and 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 we had this this horrible betrayal. I experienced this horrible betrayal. And it was it was tough. And to pray, Lord, your will be done. Man, I couldn't stand that prayer. <laughs> Man, I didn't like that prayer. What I wanted and what I did pray, Lord, lightning, fire. Steamrollers. Let that be your will, Lord. Um, But praying, Lord God, I trust you. This is difficult. This is so hard for me, Lord, but I trust you. Lord, this is, is, man, I hurt. Lord, I'm hurting. But I trust you. You guys, I, if I wasn't separated from the business world, if I wasn't away from the workplace, I would have never experienced one of the greatest joys and honors and most fulfilling things in my life. And that was being a part, being a, a, a vital hands-on part in, in helping raise these walls that God provided for us. If I hadn't been even betrayed by business partners, I could have never had the time to, to spin. I, I, when I walk through this place, I think of times swinging a hammer with this person and holding up drywall with this person and watching just an army of people come in here and raise up, you know, two by fours and, and framing this place out. It's been a thrill. It's been an honor. But not if I would have clung to something that I thought was, Lord, surely this can't be your will. You guys, sometimes God's will is for us to walk through the valley of the shadow of of death but to walk through it with him sometimes there's a peak on the other side of that valley that is ridiculously beautiful and he's going to say welcome home make your home here and just don't look back that way and if you do look back that way remember the goodness that I took you through but look at this view look at this view look what's, what's ahead of you look at this beauty in God's prayer He puts his requests. And God has prayer requests. We look in this prayer and we see that God has prayer requests. And he says, do my prayer request before you do yours. And this is is what he does right at the beginning. He says in his first petition, in his first request, he asks that his name and character be treated as holy. Hallowed be your name. Then his second request is that we pray for the coming about of his kingdom and that the Holy Spirit would have unfettered access and reign in our lives and in this world. Your kingdom come. And then he says the third petition. We want you to get your way. Your will be done. Lord, we want you to get your way. So what are we afraid of? In praying God's will. What are we afraid of? What are we afraid He's going to ask us to do? What are we what are we afraid that's going to be part of His will? What would prevent us from praying this beautiful prayer of your will be done? You guys, what are we afraid of? 
God is a good and perfect Father. He's the only good and perfect Father. Our fathers are flawed. I'm a father. I'm flawed. Ask my kids. Our God, He is not flawed. He is perfect. And when we come to Him, we can expect love and kindness and warmth. And He's present. He is there, man. He is locked in. Buddy, buddy, come here. Come on. He's there. That's our God. And we don't have to fear coming into His presence and asking Him for His will to be done. Because we trust Him. When I call up buddies of mine, I've had to adjust. Like if I want to see a movie, if I want to hang out, if I want to do something, I've learned I can't just call my friends and say, Wilco, what are you doing Friday night? I can't do that anymore. You know why? Because too often I've been like, Michael, what are you doing Friday night? He's like, nothing, buddy. What you doing? Well, I'm glad you're free. Let's go work at the church. <laughs> so, so now people don't trust. They're like, I don't know. I don't know, Mark. Uh, I, I could be free. What's up? <laughs> right? And so now I'm like, Brian, let's hang out tonight. Let's, let's catch up. Let's, let's talk about this latest show or this latest movie. What are you doing? Are you free? And then he can, no, man, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm free. No, I'm not free. But we don't, we don't have to fear being rope-a-doped with God. We don't have to fear at all. Whatever God's intentions are and whatever his, whatever his motives are in reaching out to us, we can trust them. We can trust that whatever He has for us is best. Even the difficult stuff, guys. One of the enemy's biggest assaults against us is to keep us short-sighted. When I'm short-sighted, man, I'm missing out on a lot of beauty. I'm missing out on the beauty of my mother-in-law when I'm, when I'm short-sighted. When whatever this is right in front, I'm missing out on a lot. And that's what the enemy does. And so we see a hardship, and we, all we see is that hardship, and we miss out on the bigness of our God and what God will do in carrying us through and the ways He'll be glorified and the way others will be pointed to Him. If you told me that someone outside of these doors would be radically healed and saved and set free from hurt and pain and fear. But all I had to do was let every man in this place come up and punch me in the shoulder. I'd say, line up to my right. And you would too. Well, God's not asking that of us. He's not asking us to to endure a bunch of punches so that something good might happen. What God's doing is saying... Trust me that if something happens, I'm going to guard you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to lift you up. God is good and only good. And we never have to fear Him. And we never have to fear His will. We have no reason to fear Him. We have no reason to have anxiety, even 
when we wander away from Him. Even when we wander off the path. Even when we are in sin. We don't have any reason to fear God. Jesus told a story in Luke about the lost son. To drive home this point, that you can always come home. And when you come home, the father is waiting, he's looking after you, there he is, and then he's running towards you. And then he meets with us, and then we're like, Dad, I'm so sorry, and I just, and he interrupts us and says, My son was lost, and now he's home. He was lost, and now he's found. Go kill the fattest cow. We're going to party. Get a ring. Put it on his finger. He's my son. That's what that means. Put shoes on his feet. He's not a slave. He's a son. We never have to fear God. We can always come to the Lord. Our God is good. He guards our heart, guys. He protects us. Even walking through those difficult things. How many times have we gone through something difficult and we look back and said, Lord, how did I get through that? If not by your grace, I couldn't have done it. I believe that Paul had the Lord's prayer and the Lord's instruction on prayer in mind when he wrote this in Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 6-7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Because God wouldn't be doing us any kind of favor just sitting by letting us be consumed with ourselves. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be doing us any favor letting us be a self-focused, self-attentioned, self-centered people. You guys, when we, when we become full of ourselves, when we become full of our own interests, even if they're good interests, guys, I'm not even talking about like bad interests, but when we are consumed with self and our interests, Yes, we set ourselves up for selfishness. And we, self, we set ourselves up for self-pity. We, we set ourselves up for self-reliance. We set ourselves up for self-whatever instead of God-reliance. Instead of God-focus. Instead of God-attention. Guys, when we pray to a holy God in a state of self-focus, the results are never going to be quite what we want. They're just not. If I'm so focused on me, when I'm praying to this holy and this awesome and this loving of a God that I don't see His goodness, guys, I promise you, my prayers are going to be tainted. I promise. They are. This is why Jesus says, when you pray, focus on my Father first. Remember His name. Remember the times He's carried us through. Remember the hardships, but remember that He carried you through them. Remember His faithfulness. 
remember, honor, worship, yield. Yield. Got a lot of, I imagine we've got a lot of moderately aggressive drivers in the room. I've been known to be aggressive every now and then behind the wheel. And you see a yield sign, and for that person who's moderately aggressive, yield means gun it so you can be the first one in. But that's not, that's not the way it should be with God. Yield means sit tight and let him go, and then follow wherever he's leading Jesus tells us to focus on God when we pray because relying and focusing on self rarely brings about victory. So I want to challenge every person in this room to something if, if you're up for it. My, my, my old pastor, he's on our board of advisors, uh, Al Keach, uh, actually. Uh, Kara and I will be at his church next week. He and Judy are on sabbatical. So we're going to go encourage the body and we're going to preach uh, at, uh, at Rock Song Church next week. But um, Pastor Al, he, he used to tell me, because I, I love throwing around the words, I want to challenge you with something. I want to challenge. And, he, and one time he was like, Mark, can you can you substitute challenge for encourage? And can you say to people, hey, I want to encourage you with something. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll mix that into the repertoire. I'll use it every now and then. But I like I like a challenge. So I want to cha- I want to encourage us with something. Can we, when we go to pray, especially especially if we've got something big time to pray about, can we set a timer on our phone for seven minutes? Why not five minutes? Because seven is clearly more godly. (laughs) For seven minutes and press start. And then for seven minutes, you don't pray anything self-directed. Or you don't make a single request for seven minutes minutes. For seven minutes, you pray and acknowledge God. We pray and we focus on God for seven minutes. And then any time after that alarm goes off, any time after that, you don't have to stop right then. You can keep on acknowledging God as much as you want. But any time after then, then, come to Him with your needs. Come to Him with your petitions after you've prayed God's petitions. I promise you guys, if we will do this, our prayer lives will change. Our disposition will change and our circumstances will change because we will be praying the will of God. I did it this morning. I did it this morning on the way here. I told my kids, I'm like, hold, set the timer and we on the way here. And what's cool is from my house, the time we pressed start until we got right there on the corner of Austin and County Line. It was seven minutes. And then we went and picked up Caleb, and so I just kept on praying it. I kept on praying until we got kind of near Caleb's house, and I didn't want to miss my turn. Will you join me in this? Will you join me in this simple effort of god focus instead of self-focus? I, I promise you, we're going to be astounded at the ways it will change our prayer life. As we just read, Jesus promises us in the word that when we do this, the peace of God will guard our hearts, will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. You guys, Paul doesn't make this promise. 
Jesus makes this promise. Paul isn't the Word. Jesus is the Word. So when we open up that Bible, it is Jesus all throughout it. I can say, well, the Bible says, but what I'm really saying is, Jesus says. Jesus says. Hebrews 13, 15 says this. Through Him then, through Jesus then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. A sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. Sounds great, right? But the writer of Hebrews calls it a sacrifice of praise. You guys, Thanksgiving takes effort because just instinctively, it's easy to be just focused on this realm right in front of us, on self or whatever's right here or whatever's just immediately around us. Thanksgiving takes effort, and sometimes it's a sacrifice. Yielding takes thought. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. You guys, please remember, in, in, in my encouragement or my challenge, the whole seven-minute acknowledgement of God you know, encouragement that I threw out there. You guys, it doesn't benefit me. This isn't this isn't just what, what I want. This isn't my request. This is God's request. This is God's request. And Jesus made it abundantly clear in Matthew chapter 6. You know that verse we read out loud every week? Since we've been on this series? Acknowledge God. Honor God. Desire God. My will. Whichever musician, if I can get a musician to come up. I want you to take a moment right now, just right there where you are, and I do want you to think about self. Right there where you are, I totally want you to acknowledge self right now. And I want you to think about what you're going through right now. Everyone, please stay locked in with me. I want you to think about what you're going through right now. If there's a hardship you're going through, I want you to think about it. If there's a challenge you're going through right now, I want you to think about it. If there's an unanswered prayer that's out there, I want you to think about it. If there's a dire need, I want you to think about it. What are you going through right now? Think about that for a second. Now hear me. Has it occurred to you that God has an opinion about what you're going through right now? Have you thought of that? God has an opinion about the difficult thing you're walking through right now. He has an opinion. He has thoughts about it. He has feelings about it. He cares about it. And He cares about you and what you're going through right now. And He wants His will to be done in that situation you're walking through. And we can trust His will. But we've got to ask for His will. We've got to yield to His will. We've got to want His will, guys. He cares about that difficulty. He cares about that hardship. He cares about that unanswered prayer. He cares. And He's got an opinion. 
I said before that we honor God or that we honor we honor each other when we ask for opinions, when we ask for advice. It's honoring. Man, I ask, I ask for advice. I ask for opinions on anything. Just looking around the room, I, I've asked this man for opinion on, on, on parenting, on fathering. When I had a difficult time, gave him a call. Asked for his opinion on fathering. I've asked his opinion on, on, on being a good husband. My kids, I asked their opinion on a t-shirt I was designing. I always ask my wife her opinion on anything I'm designing. I ask for people's opinions on pastoring and preaching in fantasy football. It doesn't have to all be serious stuff. I ask for opinion and advice on everything. Do we ask God His opinion on our lives? Do we ask God for His advice on our lives? And then do we sit there and listen to it and heed His instruction and heed His wisdom? Proverbs 11, 14 says this, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is what? There is victory. Why do we seek wise people's opinions? Because in an abundance of advisors, there is safety and there is victory. I want to get it right. I don't want to get it wrong. Guys, if there's one person that is wiser than anyone else in this world, it's Jesus. If there's one person we should be asking his opinion about what we're going through, it's Jesus. Shouldn't we ask him his opinion first? Shouldn't we ask his opinion repeatedly? Shouldn't we wear that out? Shouldn't we honor God by asking Him what His opinion is? Shouldn't we honor God by asking for His advice and then receiving it? When Jesus asks us to pray, Your will be done, you better believe that God has an opinion on what that will is. Let's just start asking it more. Let's not rush into the prayers where we're praying what our will is. Lord, I'm asking you to bail me out of this situation. Lord, I'm asking you to provide. I'm not even saying they're bad prayers. They're not. But that still is praying my will. Pray His will first. And then let's get to those things and say, Lord, you're my provider and I need your provision. You know what prayer I've been loving these days? You know what? I've absolutely been loving these days. Just coming to Him saying, God, I'm hurting Lord, would you heal me? I just there's I just need your touch. Would you heal me? But I, I just I, I love it because it's like totally vulnerable. It's totally vulnerable. Lord, I'm hurting. Can I get a touch from you? We shouldn't ever fear coming to the Lord in prayer. But guys, let's just honor our God first. And remembering his bigness, remembering his power. So whatever those things are that keep us from praying His will. If it's pride. If it's self-reliance. I'm a strong dude. I don't ask anybody for anything. 
Let's let Jesus defeat pride in our lives by asking Him to and by yielding to Him. Is it fear? Is it fear of what God could say? Yes, fear is not of God. Love is of God. Perfect love casts out all fear is what the Bible tells us. And Jesus is our perfect love. Are there hurts keeping us from asking for God's will to be done in our lives? If so, Jesus is here right now in this place, in this place to heal every hurt, to remove every barrier that keeps us from Him. But it requires God-reliance, not self-reliance. 